Welcome everyone to the Special Education Inner Circle podcast. I'm your host, Katherine Witcher, and I'm excited to have you here today. There's a lot going on in our world. There are 300 million kids that are no longer being educated in their school buildings, but have been sent home to learn. That includes so many children with special education services. So there's a lot of question of what is happening in our special education community and what needs to be happening next. So I'm gonna focus on something that I'm actually excited to be talking about when it comes to change that's going to be happening due to the current crisis that's happening around our country and around the world. And for everybody that doesn't know, I've been working in the special education community professionally for over 20 years. And there's a piece of the law that I rely on a lot. It's actually before the, the law starts. That's idea law that governs our special education. There's the purpose and findings of idea law. Now, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not practicing the law, but I am telling you some places to look. So inside the purpose and findings of ideal law, which has not changed, it's not going anywhere through this crisis, it says that every child is entitled to a free and appropriate public education that meets their unique needs to prepare them for further education, employment, and independent living. So there's a word that usually causes tension. And that's the word appropriate. Because what I deem appropriate for my child might be different than what you deem appropriate for your child, which is different than what the school might deem appropriate for their students. And we always are in this gray area when we look at the definition of appropriate. What this situation is doing for us right now in our world is giving us the opportunity to pivot on that word appropriate, to really figure out what it's going to mean to be prepared for further education, employment, independent living with all the changes that are going to be long term in our community. Now, none of us can predict the long term fallout of what's going to happen in our education system based on what's happening today. However, what we can do is really start evaluating what skills are needed for our future based on our current experience. So let me give you a couple of examples of what's not appropriate. I'm going to jump into those right away. So what's not appropriate for us to have in our IEPs long term and they're not appropriate for us to be working on right now in our crisis situation. We don't have to work on these skills at all. Are you ready? Okay, so one of these skills I've been talking about for over a decade that it needs to go, and that's the skill of counting penny, nickels, dimes, and quarters. Now, do not misunderstand me. I absolutely want every child to learn money skills to the best of their ability. I want them to understand how money works. I want them to be able to round and estimate and budget and plan. I want them to understand money at whatever level they can to become as independent as possible. 
But I can tell you, as a special needs sibling, when I am able to go back to the store with my brother, who is 42 with Down syndrome, we are still not going to be counting penny, nickels, dimes, and quarters at the checkout line. It's not going to happen. Right now, with everything shut down around us, I can't spend my penny, nickels, dimes, and quarters even if I wanted to. But virtual money management, virtual banking, that's not changing. That's only going to explode more. I literally cannot give my cash or my change to anybody even to buy a pizza. I have to order that online. I have to do the entire transaction and then I can go curbside and pick it up. So how do we need to change the concept of learning money to make it appropriate to meet a child's unique needs, to prepare them for further education, employment, independent living. So for all the moms and dads who are looking at their child's IEP and they're trying to figure out how to do school at home right now, if you see that money counting goal on there, it's okay to let it go. And you can talk to your team on how to reprioritize that after we get through this chaos. Another thing that needs to change is our transition job skills, meaning that when a child gets to be at that transition age, so 16 and over, for some states it's a little bit younger than that, okay, we start learning job skills. I cannot tell you how many students I still know are going down to the office to practice paper shredding. That is no longer an appropriate skill. I'm not saying that nobody's gonna need to shred papers in the future. What I'm saying is there's not going to be a bulk need for shredding papers. As we move into the future with all the technology, with all the things that are happening, you need to really think about if your child is of that transition age or is getting jobs at school even at the younger ages, that they are jobs that they are working to master that will translate into our future, not job skills that were once important in the past because the demand is not going to be there. And it's already difficult to make sure that our students with special needs do have a place in the workforce and if we don't prepare them with relevant skills, it makes it even harder. It makes training harder. It makes learning new skills harder. So we need to set a better foundation for what we can be doing to prepare a child for the future when it comes to job skills. All right, here's a big one. No longer can we limit inclusion to sitting in the classroom next to peers while getting a lecture in a room full of 25 kids and one teacher and maybe an aide. That is not an inclusive experience. I talk about that all the time, but at this point in our world, it's even more evident. We don't need to sit in a classroom and learn all the same information at the same time with people of our same age. That is not an inclusive experience. An inclusive experience means that you are being involved in the activity. So now that we've taken away the ability for 300 million kids to sit in a classroom together, there's creativity that's happening in how to help kids collaborate, 
communicate and create together. This does not have a barrier of a child being able to sit still for 20, 30, 40 minutes in a classroom. So no longer is it appropriate to say that inclusion isn't happening because a child can't sit in a classroom. This should be eye-opening to so many people on the IEP team, no matter what your role is, parent, teacher, admin, therapist. That inclusion is not limited to the classroom. And right now, everybody's being pushed out of their comfort zone to find ways to include kids and in activities together when they all have different access levels, whether it's, it's phone or it's computer or whatever's happening. A lot of people are just doing online learning on their own and they're, they're getting ready for video chats together to talk about their day. There's all different ways. So let's talk about some things that are appropriate based on this current crisis that's happening. Things that are appropriate that have been denied before, such as technology for everyone. Again, having done this for many decades, I have seen things change in the school system going from, you know, I had one computer in my classroom and I, that was considered this high-tech computer back 20 years ago to watching schools go to one-to-one -to -one technology for all students except for those in the special education room. By no means should technology be optional for our students. It's what is needed for inclusion, for job preparation, for money management, technology is no longer an option. And I'm excited to be able to take this experience as devastating as it is for our country as a whole. We are now going to have a foundation to say every child should have technology that meets their unique needs and is gonna prepare them for the future. And we're all getting a glimpse right now of our future without being connected in a classroom, without going to the same campus every day. And we're all learning how to learn on our own and be independent and live to the best of our potential. To do that, we need technology. The other thing that we have to realize is that this inclusive experience that I'm talking about, once we do get back into schools, don't let yourself slip back into the old patterns of inclusion. Get creative about what's going to happen for inclusive activities on the playground, in the hallway, um, you know, with the staff in the office, making sure that all children are connected to their school community and campus. And that might be using technology differently inside of the school to ensure that a child who receives special education services continues to be connected to other children on their campus. There are so many options and it's coming down from the big guys in Washington DC when they're writing out all these letters about what's expected and not expected for special education in this time of uncertainty. But they absolutely are all saying that what was appropriate two weeks ago is not appropriate now. And as far as I'm concerned, and all the master IEP coaches that I'm training, we're saying no longer will it be appropriate ever 
What was appropriate two weeks ago will never be appropriate again because our world is changing, our community is changing, and we have opportunities to pivot our definition of appropriate forever. This is actually a door opening in special education to get creative about how services are delivered, to get creative about what the priorities are for IEP goals, to get creative about technology, to get creative about how we're going to create inclusive communities. It's an opportunity if you choose to see it, and I hope that you do. If you want more help working on this, you can find me in two different places. One is the Special Ed Inner Circle, and the other one is MasterIEPCoach.com. I'll make sure you get links to both of those. Come find me. Let's work on this. Guys, we have an opportunity that we have never had before, and I don't know if an opportunity this big is going to happen again. So let's go ahead and take this time to open up the conversation of what needs to happen next to prepare all of our students for the future that they deserve. I'll talk to you guys soon.